Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Today, we have Mike Maven, the owner of Shelter Arcade Bar here in beautiful Providence, Rhode Island. Mike is the fucking man. Uh, we recorded this episode in January, I want to say, and uh, I held on to it until for about the last five or six months. I remember a little while back seeing this Kickstarter page for opening a uh, sh- for Shelter Arcade Bar that was in Providence, and it was a arcade, vintage, vintage arcade machines and classic arcade games, pinball, craft beer bar, and I was like, oh my god, get me on board with that. I Mike and I have a great friend in common, uh, Joe Bartholomew. So Joe, shout out! Thank you so much for basically setting this episode up. That's how uh, that's how we did it. I I remember going out to dinner with Joe and some friends and. Uh, just kind of mentioning it, like, oh, I'd love to get that guy on the show sometime, and Joe basically sent me a text, made it happen. Uh, Shelter is officially opening on June 10th, 2016, 111 Dyke Street, Omeville, in Providence, Rhode Island. If you're a local, uh, please, please check out this place. This mic is awesome. You're going to listen to this episode, and you're like, you're going to get. Like, not only is this, like, a business to him, like, this is, like, it's community. It's people like me who love arcade games, people who love pinball machines. I fucking love pinball. I was just playing a, a Simpsons pinball up in Brattleboro, Vermont recently. When I find a pinball machine, I go to town. Uh, and it's like hearing him talk about it. Like This guy just has such a passion for this bar. And it's so much more than just making money. It's just like people can make a community. And he's just so awesome. It's a little bit of a shorter episode. But you'll see why it packs a fucking punch. Mike is such a wreck on tour. He says a lot real quick and he just says so much and it's just like, damn. On top of all this, Mike's a fantastic musician. Uh, he played in a band called Young Pandas. He's a singer songwriter. I recently actually unintentionally saw him at Food Truck Friday here in Providence and I didn't know it was him until afterwards and I, and it was just strange because I remember listening to this dude sing with this beautiful voice. And it was right around, you know, this is a few weeks ago after Prince died. And he's just nailing this Prince cover. And I was like, man, that dude on acoustic is destroying this Prince song. Huge Prince fan. And then I found out it was Mike. I was like, okay. Uh, I actually, this is cool. I got to meet Mike through the podcast. And then yesterday, I met him in real life at the PVD Fest where he had a uh, shelter arcade, had a little spot down there for the festival. I played some X-Files pinball. They had a Virtual Fighter, Virtual Fighter 2 arcade game, but I, I, I'm just fucking straight pinball fanatic. Uh, go make sure you check out their website, uh, shelterarcadebar.com. Find them on Facebook. They have a list of all the machines, all of the games. Uh, there's going to be food. It's open seven days a week, four to one. Check out Young Pandas, fucking awesome band. Uh, I really just can't say enough about this. Like, I love doing the show and I've met so many amazing people, but there's something really special about Getting to record a member of the community I'm a part of, and then actually getting to meet him, like that was cool. And um, you know, it was really nice. I I so I saw Mike. I'm like, oh hey man, nice to meet you in person. He's like, Chris, oh my god, I feel like I already know you. And I felt the same way because I, you know, I do these podcast episodes and I love it. And it's like sometimes you just talk to someone for an hour, and I'm like, I just feel like I know people after talking to them for an hour, and to actually get to meet and hear that, I was like, yes. Someone feels the same way I do. Uh, as always, find us on CoreTempArtsNetwork.com, on Twitter, at Let's Chat Podcast. Uh, follow Shelter on Twitter, or follow their Instagram. Uh, if you're in Providence, go to this bar. If you're ever coming to Providence, fuck, hit me up first. 
let me know. Let's go to Shelter Arcade Bar in Onlyville, 111 Dyke Street. We'll have a good fucking time. Also, quick announcement for me. You can check out an episode of Cynical Cartoons that I did with Tyler uh, for Future Horse Productions. Only if you donate to the Patreon page. We did an episode of uh, we did an episode of Tailspin, the show I used to love, and now you got to see if uh, does it hold up. Um, I think you'll be surprised. And um, check that out. I'm just rambling, so let's get to it. Let's chat with Revel and Friends is part of Court and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows that pop this live, Talking Shondaland, We Got Five, and TV Ate My Brain at courtandparts.com. Yeah, so like, uh, I, I don't know any of the backstory of Shelter. I guess Joe had mentioned briefly something about Reddit. I don't care about that stuff at all. So I'm really here just to talk about the cool, fun stuff. So like, if you don't want to get into that stuff, we can totally avoid it. Because Joe's like trying to explain to me. I was like, I, I don't care. Uh, pe- <laughs> most people like, like I like Reddit. Actually, I don't use Reddit. And like, I think it's very easy to get hyped up into certain things. Like when I was younger, I was like super into like the punk and hardcore scene when I grew up. But then you talk to one person removed, like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. I just found this thing online. I was like, oh my God, I love video games and pinball. <laughs> yes. Well, that's, that's, you know, what I wanted to do it for in the first place. Yeah. The Reddit thing was just, um, I don't know. Yeah, it was just me being a dumbass. <laughs> I just, I, I, I was really um, disappointed. I thought that like if I told Providence Reddit about this, that everybody was gonna be really psyched and and um, uh, you know, I was just like, because here I was, just kind of, I was really just like this dude that had this idea and I wanted to try to make it happen. So I was like, hey, dudes, let's make it happen. And I, uh, I saw my like account as being like my personal account. Like here I am, I'm a person, and I'm yeah. talking to all of you. Um, and it got perceived as like being, uh, like a, like instead of just being like a business account or like being promotional. And so that's, that's kind of how people responded to me. And I was trying to respond on a personal level and like, and then I just got pissed off. <laughs> that's awesome. Then I just got pissed off and I allowed myself to get pissed off, which was really dumb. And like, uh, and it was, it was actually great that it happened because it was like a major lesson in like, okay, you're not just some dude anymore, like talking to people on a dude to dude level. Like you, you know, you're going to have to be a business owner and you're going to have to actually like not respond to a lot of things that not respond to a lot of like criticism, not respond to a lot of, because what it came down to is that it was just like a lot of people were like, Oh, you're trying to run a Kickstarter for a local business. That's really disingenuous. And I was like, no, it's not. That's what Kickstarter is for. Yeah. But I was like, I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Like I, I was kind of in this, like, like, you know, Oh, what do you mean? It's like, and I felt like, I don't know, I felt attacked. So then I just, you know, attacked back and it was really dumb. And, uh, and so it, I would take it back if I could, but I have totally learned from it. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, yeah, I just, uh, uh, I, I was, I was sad that the Reddit community didn't like, um, support it more. But the funny thing is that a friend of mine who still, I, I actually deleted my Reddit account. I don't even look at it anymore after that experience. Cause I was really just disappointed by the local subreddit, but a friend of mine who still looks at it, sent me a screenshot the other day of something where, where Shelter came up and a lot of people were like, Hey, you know, you guys kind of like ganged up on that guy and, you know, and he really is trying, like he's posting updates on the Kickstarter, you know, yeah, it's delayed an opening and, uh, you know, there are some people who understand. And so I heard something about like the 30, 30, 30 rule, like 
30% of people, you know, are going to love it. 30% of people are going to hate it, vehemently hate it. And then 30% of people are just not going to care. And you only want to focus on the 30% who care. And I think that's true. And, and I think that, you know, like Joe is one of those people who cares and like loves it. And, uh, and so that it, I really woke up to that. Like it's time to just actually just focus on the people who love it and ignore the rest and, you know, and like be excited about the people who are excited at the time that I posted all that stuff though, it was a brand new idea that I was putting out there for the first time. And so it was like, I thought it was such a great idea. And it was like the first reaction I got to it was tons of negativity and that affected me. But as it, the idea got out there more, more people responded positively and I was uplifted and I felt inspired to do it, you know? Um, yeah. Opening a business is, I don't know how you do it, but I imagine it's really fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and Kickstarter, like, I mean, well, people, like me, like, we'll gladly give our money over to, like, Zach Braff or, like, when they want to make Veronica Mars. But they're like, oh, wait, you're going to help my community? Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you better not do anything that's going to help people or, or do something that I can enjoy tangibly. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's, but that's the internet. Like, I, I was just noticing, like, you know, cause, like, Scalia just died the other day. And right. there's, like, two people I follow on Twitter, both female comedians. I was just saying fucked up shit about him dying all day cause I was bored on Twitter. Right. Nothing was happening to me. One of my the past guests on here, I want, uh, she's Jewish, and she said something that wasn't even that bad about Scalia, and just a bunch of fucking Nazis jumped at her and attacked her on the internet. And I was like, I hear about that dark place on the internet, and uh, it it does exist, but I I, I don't really experience it. I'm sad. It, sorry you had to hear hear experience that with it. That's yeah. Sucks, man. But you know, none of those people are gonna probably. The best thing is like, but none of those people live here. So it's fine. Probably not. And, and, you know, and the reality is that when it comes down to it, if it, if this place or what this idea isn't for them, then cool. Uh, you know, I'm going to be there to hang out with the people that really enjoy it and want to make it something. And Who's to me, against it's like, it though? like, why would anyone be against a business opening? Like, honestly, if you don't like it, just don't go. There's a million businesses I just don't go to. Right. Exactly. And I, you know what? And if they don't, then they won't. And, uh, and it will be about the people that want to make it their home. And to me, I, what I wanted this to be really was like, I wanted to be something for, I wanted to, I wanted to be very community driven when it opens. I want yeah, it yeah. to be like, uh, it, it already was great is that it started to like kind of become that just in that, like uh, a lot of people have already reached out about ideas for tournaments and leagues and stuff they want to do. And what's great about that is that they're all people who they're like, well, I've been waiting for there to be a place like this so that I can host this kind of a league. And that's what I want. That's what I was hoping to see. And what I love seeing is that there are going to be a lot of people that are, are interested in coming to a place this to meet new people and build community, you know? And that's, that's so killer. If that happens, then that would be my dream come true. Me and Joe have been talking about doing like a pinball crawl forever, but there's just not enough pinball machines around here. Right. Like I'm just obsessive pinball. Like, and actually, that's what that's where this idea initially came from. The the very inkling of this idea was uh, coming back to Providence after being on tour with my band for the better part of a year, and even of course before that. But I had really been away for a while straight, and in that time was when I really got into pinball. And I came back to Providence and was like, well, I always knew there weren't a ton of places to play pinball here, but now that I'm more seriously into it, I'm really feeling the lack of there being public places to go play pinball and maybe meet other people that are into it or play with other people that are into it. And I got this idea of like, shit, you know, what if I just opened this place? Yeah. What if I made it happen? What I mean, the arcade bar is a thing. It's not even, you know, it's not an original idea by oh, any. God. I mean, it exists elsewhere. Dave and Buster's. Yeah, it's not some it's not some big thing that I came up with, you know. And David Buster's have been around for a while, but it's it's especially like these places like Barcade and and oh, yeah. uh, you know 
that, I mean, Barcade's one example for sure. They're, they're like the biggest one that most people recognize. But, you know, I actually try to take the focus away from them a little bit because they're even a little bit more just like, I don't know, corporate. But yeah. it's yeah. those, it's the real underground places like Ground Control in Portland, Oregon that have been around forever and ever. And the One Up in Denver, it's really amazing. And Headquarters in Chicago, these are like some of the best ones in the country. And they've really like paved the way for this arcade bar idea. That's, it's not a Dave & Buster's. It's, it's uh, people that are enthusiasts about vintage gaming. You know, so there's definitely like a uh, uh, an element for the people that are into like being collectors and stuff like that. Also, like people that are into vintage stuff. You know, twenties and thirties. Like I'm 31. This is like I grew up by an arcade. Like I grew up a mile away from an arcade, and that was like fucking. It was awesome. And exactly. I, like you missed that shit. Like I mean, I'm not like a the old man of the Muppets. I still love apps. I love video games at home and everything. But sure. me, Joe, and our friend Nate went to the what is it, Bargain City in Cumberland, and we found an old Simpsons game, and we spent like eight dollars playing that game. Right. Because <laughs> like that's just fun. Never. Every now and then you, you like run into them in public in these scattered places, but like, oh, you know, have a place where it's all together in one place. With beer. The, the community can gather around that. People that are into that can gather around that. Like, dude, that's like a, and, and even like if you go far enough back, I mean like, uh, if you, like, I think it was like the history video game movie I saw or something, but like arcade games, or Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, the guy who owned Atari started Chuck E. Cheese as a place to, it's like the same person because, uh, what is it? It was a place Chuck E. Cheese started as a way to showcase their video games. I never knew that, and my mind yeah. blown, and it totally makes sense. But look at uh, bowling alleys back in the day; like they got right. video games because you, it was just a way to drop off your kids. But now, like we're adults, and I want to have a craft beer and play some pinball and exactly. play video games. <laughs> right, that's the whole thing. Is that like arcades after a while couldn't survive any longer on just taking in quarters because you know inflation happened. Obviously, that's one thing. So the games had to go up in price, but also console gaming became so much more advanced and more popular. And people, you know, once once to make money and to pay for the machine and pay for the real estate to keep it there, once you had to start charging a dollar or two dollars for a game, you know, people were like, well. These games, they, they're so quick. They don't last very long. I'm paying a dollar or two dollars. I'm just going to go home, buy a console, buy a $50 game, and play at home as much as I want rather than go to this arcade. And once that started to happen, arcades started making less money. It died off. Now, you know, the games don't make any money. Between the maintenance, you know, what they cost to buy, like the, the machines are very slowly bringing in any money at all. But you can keep the lights on, keep the place open because you're selling beer. You know, because you're selling, because now all of us who are into arcades, you know, we're, well, not, not all of us, but, you know, a majority of us that grew up on it, at least in the 80s and 90s, you know, are over the age of 21. So now you can actually make the money to keep the place open by making it a bar. Like, genius idea. It's a great, it's a great idea. It's not an original idea by any means. It's been done in a million places, but, you know, to, to me, I thought, what if we can do this, but what if, what if we can, you know, because this is Providence and it's a small city, right? And like, I don't see any reason why all of us that are into this stuff shouldn't know each other, but we need a place to, to do that, yeah. to get to know each other, to meet and to play together. And like, it, it, that's going to be this space. You know, that's going to be this place. Yeah, everyone I talk to about it, like my friends who are one, friends or family who are like one step away from independent culture, who just don't give a shit about this stuff. They're like, beer, video games, pinball, all about it. Like, yeah, you're going to have every person, like the, the Reddit community to like, my dad is going to love this. Are you kidding? He's like, beer, video games, pinball? All right. A lot, <laughs> I don't a lot even of drink alcohol. I don't even drink and I'm going to come because I love pinball video games. Right, exactly. Well, that's the whole thing. You know, that's, that's part of it too is that, uh, like, you know, my, 
my best friend, the bass player from my old band, you know, he, he's sober. He doesn't drink. And so it, it was hard to find, like, places for us to go out together. But we realized at one point once we discovered arcade bars that we, we both love video games. And there's this place. It's a bar that we can go out to. But there's more to do than just drink. So it was great for us to hang out. And, like, that that's part of kind of the whole motive is, like, it gives people something else to do but drink. So from a purely, like, capitalist standpoint, you're kind of like, oh, but isn't the idea that you're making money off the beer? Well, yeah. But the idea is also to, like, you know, keep a place open that is a community space. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. it's not it's not all about the money. It's not all about the, the drinking. It's, it's about more than that. It's about people actually enjoying their time together because, you know, now we live in this world where we're just, like, you know, phones in our face all the time. That's that's all we think about. You know, so it's yeah. So where are you from? Are you from Rhode Island? No, I, I I've spent um, like about six years uh, max in a good number of places for most of my adult life. Uh, so I, I, I bounced around a bit um, between the Southwest and here. Uh, so I was like born in Connecticut and lived in Arizona as a kid, came back up and went to high school in Rhode Island, which was my only Rhode Island experience. Uh, and then, uh, went to college in Boston for five years. I lived in New York in between in that, uh, lived in Austin, Texas after that, and then came back up here. Where in Connecticut? I'm, I'm from Connecticut. Uh, I was born in, I was born in Manchester. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going there on Sunday. My oh, aunt, my aunt and uncle is there. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's that's. I'm where, from Meriden, but my aunt and uncle live in Manchester, so I'm there all the time. Oh, sweet. yeah. I, I know where Meriden is too. Sweet. Okay, yeah. Because yeah, I mean that's my you know my my grandparents came to Providence um, from Italy and uh, and then moved to Connecticut when my mom was real young, and that's where she grew up and where I was born. Uh, and it's interesting that my family has this tie to Providence, but I never lived here myself, and then ended up here. And I've actually been here now for coming up on six years. Uh, and once I cross that threshold, it will be the longest I've lived anywhere wow. since I was since I was nine years old. So uh, Providence, for anyone listening who's not from here, actually the majority of the sh- people that listen to the show aren't from here, is um, except for this episode, <laughs> of course. Uh, but like, it's a small city. I mean, I moved here five years ago. I didn't know much about it. I grew up two hours away. But no one in Providence is from Providence or from Rhode Island, even. I mean, everyone I know here, we're all from different states. And uh, so, what 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 brought you here? I met a I met a girl who's not my wife, but uh, that's how I ended up here. But like everyone I talk to has these cool stories. But like, yeah, it's interesting, man, because like uh, art city. I think that it used to not be that way. I think that it used to be mostly people from Rhode Island here, but it's true. Uh, like I told you, I'm a realtor. I do real estate and I do sales and rentals. So what's nice about doing rentals is I get to meet a lot of the people who are just moving here, um, who are like checking it out. Uh, and I'm meeting more and more people who are moving here from New York and Boston uh, that are looking for a cheaper city to live in that they've heard is cool. And suddenly Providence is getting a little bit of that. So you're getting a lot more transplants and that's starting to take over a little bit. And that's really, really nice because it creates a, a different kind of environment here. Um, and I, I ended up here because I I was living in Austin. I, I got a gig in Boston that I couldn't turn down, but I had lived in Boston previously and I, I didn't really want to go back there. And uh, it was it was expensive. Um, that was the primary thing. It was expensive. And, uh, and it, to me, I thought I didn't like it as much as New York. So I was like, I don't want to pay New York prices to not live in New York, but the gigs in Boston, what can I do? Can I live in Brooklyn and commute up there on the weekends when I need to be there? But like, I don't want to pay to live in New York and only be there four days a week. What can I do? What can I do? And a friend of mine who I went to college with was from Providence and had moved back here. And she was like, Hey, since you're in the Northeast and you don't know where you're living yet, 
come hang out sometime. And so my, my roommate and I, my bass player, moved up from Austin with me. Uh, we went to go hang out with her. And I just remember that I, I woke up the next morning after we had gone and hung out with her and had a good time. And he was on the computer typing away. And he was like, man, check out the rent in Providence, man, compared to Boston. <laughs> and that was the first thing that, that struck us was like, you know, we just got this new gig. It's It pays somewhat decent. We can get ourselves on our feet. And if we're not paying Boston rent, we can live in a cool enough city. And let's try it and see how it is. And then the thing about Providence, I think, is that not everything is obvious at first about it, about what's cool and what to do. And so then after like a year and a half of being here, you know, we were like, it was like, let's just give it a shot. We'll try a year. We'll see how it goes. After a year and a half of being here, I bought a house here. You know, a, because I could, but B, because by that point I had discovered enough to see like, wow, there's actually a lot of cool stuff in this city. And I can get to Boston when I need to. I can take the mega bus to New York when I need to. And I don't have to live in those cities to have access to them. How cool is that? And and I ended up making it my home, you know? So, you're a realtor, so you know, but yeah, like, when my friends visit from New York, they're like, holy shit, your apartment is so huge, how much do you pay? What? Yeah. Well, like, ah. I know, I live in, like, I live on the west side, so I guess it's, like, people call it, like, the Williamsburg, or right. more Greenpoint of Providence, like, where they play kickball and stuff. It's all just, like, yuppies, and like, yeah, it's it's really great and very affordable. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have exactly. everything I need at my fingertips, and then more. And then I actually yeah. like the state as well. Like, um, I love going down the shoreline, and I actually enjoy the entire state. Like, my job, I travel around the state all day, so I'm like, this is beautiful. East Bay, and oh my god, really cool. And I mean, there's just yeah, it's it's got a lot of New England charm, you and know. Then you just, and, if, and if you get sick of it, you can just go up to any other state in three to four minutes. Exactly. <laughs> Massachusetts. Um, are you? I don't know if you're in Providence, but what are we like? seven minutes from Massachusetts? Literally from the state line, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm practically in North Providence, where I am by Providence College. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. I'm so close. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good place to own if you're going to buy. Like, I, I don't want to rent, so I'm not going to buy where I live, but when, in the process of starting to that, like, buy a house thing, I don't think I'll stay in the city, but um, but that's here nor there. <laughs> uh, but, um, I so I was... I don't even want to call it research. So I was like, I was just like, all right, let's see. Uh, Joe mentioned you, so I googled your name, and it turns out I was like, oh man, we have a ton in common that we both love arcades, but we're both music folk. We you're a musician. I just love yeah, music. Yeah. Um, can you talk about your? I was watching the video you did. You did like a rideshare kind of tour, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, that's like I could spend an hour on that alone. <laughs> that's man, so fucking it, awesome. No, it was it was really cool. Um, I decided. Uh, my I think it was well, it was I guess. Two Septembers ago, um, my drummer from my band was on tour with his other band, and they were going to be on tour for a while, like six months. Uh, they were away. They were in Europe and Canada. Uh, so I was like, then for the fall, I'm going to go do like a little solo tour. I'll go off on my own. And at the time, I was driving for Lyft and Uber. And I was in, I was in Austin, you know, where I used to live, right? And those, I had some shows lined up and, uh, myself and another friend of mine who was also a Lyft driver was really heavily into social media. We both were posting about how I was like down there driving for Lyft and Uber and playing shows kind of like on tour. I was doing, you know, I went all the way through Philly and down to Asheville, North Carolina and Nashville and Austin. Then I went up to Denver and back across country and all the while that I was doing it, I was stopping and driving for Lyft. Dude, that's so genius. It was awesome. It was great. It, it didn't, it didn't like make a ton of money. It didn't like pay for the whole trip. I had to save to do it, but it was a way of like making some money while I was on the road and doing it yeah, and yeah. like 
promoting ride sharing at the same time, which I thought was a really cool platform and I was really into it. And uh, the, these folks from this company, Ride Scout, it, it like caught their attention on social media. And it just so happened that that you know they they wanted to talk on the phone, but it just so happened that I was arriving in Austin the week that they were moving their company from Washington D.C. to Austin, and we met up when they got there and came up with this idea together. Uh, and you know a lot of my background is in marketing, social media marketing, and it was basically you know let's design a social media marketing campaign for your company, which actually was a subsidiary of Mercedes. So oh, wow. we had Mercedes backing us up. You know, the, the, the heads of Mercedes from Germany literally came to South by Southwest and, you know, backed the whole thing up, which is awesome. Uh, and they're, they are as a company in Germany, especially really heavily investing in ride sharing and shared, uh, you know, shared cars, uh, the, the self driving car thing, uh, they're, they're hoping in the next 10 years is going to become a really big thing and that people in, especially in city areas won't even own cars, the self driving car. You'll reserve it. It will pick you up. It will drive you to where you need to go. And then go on its way to somebody else after that. And that's what they're really promoting in Germany. So they're heavily investing in this ride sharing thing. And they thought how cool that we could send a band on tour across the country without their own vehicle to promote this idea of not owning your own vehicle, you know, and using ride sharing. That's really cool. <laughs> oh my God. And what, where was your starting point? Where was, your, and what band were you guys doing this with? Was this Young Pandas or? Yeah, Young Pandas. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, and, so, and all yeah, the guys are on board. Yeah, and all the guys were on board. Um, and we started in, in Providence, uh, did a show in Boston, and we started making our way down, and we did a whole loop, literally the whole perimeter of the country, basically Philly, uh, you know, New Orleans, uh, Austin for South by, uh, Denver out to LA, uh, up to Portland, Seattle, across to Chicago, and then DC, and, uh, and back up to New York and back home. So it was, it was wild. It was too much. How months. many cool people did you get to meet doing it that way? So many. <laughs> So many, you know, we, we had our gear with us half the time on our backs, you know, yeah. uh, our guitars and our suitcases and people were like, what are you guys doing? Are you guys in a band? Where are you going? And we had to talk to so many people about what we were doing because it was so different and they wanted to know why we had our suitcases and our guitars and we're taking like buses and trains, you know, um, it was really sweet. It was and great. Like, uh, the bands, were you on a tour with a band or you guys are just jumping on solo shows? We were just jumping on shows and basically booking people in the different cities yeah. and with friends that we had and stuff like that. How yeah, were which, the other bands reacting to it? Be like, can we do this? Uh, they loved it. They, yeah, they all they all wanted to do it. Yeah, they all wanted to try to do this. Save so much money. I mean, like, well, actually, after doing it that way, now I'm just convinced that like that's the way that I would go. That's the way that I would tour. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, it was. It, it just was. It actually was great. It was a more freeing way to do it because. Um, without having to be constantly exhausted from driving all the time and doing driving shifts across long places. Uh, we got to kick back, catch up on emails and Facebook and stuff while we were riding on a bus and it relaxed, sleep instead of driving. And then when we got to the places, we had more energy and we were, we felt better about like being there and exploring those places and sightseeing. So I, any of my friends or my, I had a couple of cousins who are musicians who like toured like the van was always the reason. That, uh, they never made money on tour, or, like, right. the reason the band ends up eventually breaking up, I don't, I think my one cousin maybe made it to a, he might be in a bus now, but, like, besides that, I don't think I've ever really known anyone who's got past the, the van stage. The van stage, which, yeah. Which is, which is a, it's a hard, go oh, I'm not, people have taken, like, bought, like, a school bus, and, like, convert it into stuff, but, like, remember, like, were you, like, biodiesel was the big, not biodiesel, the yeah, ethanol, everybody- that was a big thing for a while. 
Yeah, everybody's doing the bio. Like, you, like, you just like buying a uh, like school bus and converting it to run on like vegetable yeah. oil or something. Yeah, that was a big thing. But still, touring is so expensive. And I mean, we're talking to like we uh, were in New Orleans and like you know took a, a bus from New Orleans to Houston for for six bucks. Oh my god! Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, and then and then we then we hopped a bus in Houston from Houston to Austin for five bucks. Oh my you know? god! But we had to we had to carry all of our stuff on our backs the whole time and really like be living out of a out of a suitcase between we we had one suitcase like be, between us for our clothes and then had one suitcase with like our merch in it and then our our guitars and our gear and that was it we had to backline a lot of the shows for amps and stuff I mean it was it was definitely there were a lot of logistics involved but it it was a really cool way to do it and it was a lot of fun. It's funny that it's a car company that be involved because car companies are usually notorious. Well, Ford is <laughs> like. Use our, use roads and, uh, exactly. and don't ever use public. They're drastically <laughs> anti-public transportation overall. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that Mercedes. Well, it's German. Uh, I mean, look at the difference. Like, that's it. They're they're that progressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that, that there it is right there. And and so young panda, I was actually listening to the band. I was like, you guys are really good. And then you have members of uh, Such Gold. I was like, I fucking love that band. That's so Matt, the drummer. He was touring with Such Gold in Europe and Canada on that fall that I left to go by myself. That was why he was on tour with them. And so then they were on a break for a while when we did that tour, which was great. It worked out awesome. And uh, and now he's back touring with Such Gold again. So I'm, I'm 90% sure one of the past guests, guy, I kind of know Colin, he plays in this band called Entropy. I think he was merged for them for a while. I'm not oh, exactly. Not. I think he was merged. But, you know, the, 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 the punk scene is so incestuous. Like, everyone knows everyone. Everybody knows each other. It's yeah. true. <laughs> Especially, and you get to, like, a band at, like, a, a giant level, and you're like, oh, yeah, someone you know. Like, I know someone who knows someone. Everyone does. Everyone knows someone. I mean, who, not only has played in like every punk band ever, but like you know he played in in Shy Halud, which notorious. Is, is I think it's gonna be really strange. Did he ever play in the Flaming Tsunamis? Yes, he did. Yeah. All right. I actually. I. I don't. He wouldn't know who I am, but I remember him really well because I. That could uh, be. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I'm from Connecticut, obviously. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Andy, uh, their their singer has been on the show. He was one of the early guests. Nice. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. They're one of my. I I I loved that band. Such a killer band. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> it's been in some really really amazing bands, man. And I, and I I was like an R and B soul and jazz guy, and that like really got me into punk. <laughs> oh, that, that's funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Man, I haven't seen that dude in years. Like, he no way he would ever remember who I am. But I had been to more Flaming Tsunami ska shows. Before they took off to whatever level. Before Andy was a singer. He was like, before I learned Skype interviews, I drove to Andy's house to interview him in New Haven. And I was That's like, so cool. like, over a year ago, it was before I was like, and like, we had just hadn't seen him in a long time. I was like, oh, and I was like, yeah, oh man, let's see it right there. What a small, when he said Chahalud, I was like, yeah, that's the dude. Cause I remember when that happened, I was like, oh my God, someone from Flaming Tsunamis is in this band and Chad from Newfound Glory. And then, you know, you just do the, the thing. You just exactly. pick a band. Usually a band that broke up that no one's ever heard of, and every member goes off into a, a much bigger band, and you go back, and there's a million of those stories. It's so true, especially in punk, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It, like, yeah. I'm from Connecticut. For for us, we had, like, Spring Hill Jack, who was, like, the big ska band that was like, eh, but they broke up, and then everyone goes off to, like, Boston's Real Big Fish, Lost City Angel, like, every band that's ever. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. What a fucking small it's world. Been... Yeah. That's awesome. That tour sounds so cool. Like, I mean, I can't even imagine getting to see the whole country like that. It was. It was really cool. It was. It was tiring too in a lot of ways. I mean, it was. It was definitely like the big, the big thing that we did. It was great. And then, you know, Matt went off to go tour with 
So it's gold again, and Kyle, the bass player, got engaged and moved to Denver, and so we're all kind of scattered now. We're like, you know, on hold, uh, and you know that that it, it's it came at a good time, and then it also allowed me to think about doing Shelter, which is cool. And then I thought for sure, like, okay, music's gonna take a back seat. Then I met my friend Aubrey. Uh, like literally right like when Kyle was moving to Denver and, and Matt was leaving to go back and forth with such gold. And so now I've got this new project um, called The Silent Shoals, and, but it's like totally different music. It's it's singer-songwriter duo folk stuff, and it's a whole new avenue for me to explore musically. And I just feel like, you know, it's almost like everything happens all at these times for reasons that oh, it does, yes. you know? So you have your finger in like all the music scenes, which is really cool. Like, I mean, a true music lover, like if you ever meet a good musician, they love more than what they're playing. Yeah, I always get the question of like, oh, what kind of genre of music do you play? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Every good drummer likes jazz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, whatever, co- country, folk, you know, give it to me, man. I lived, I've lived in Texas. I've lived in freaking Boston, New York, you know, you name it, man. I've done a ton of hooks for hip hop artists, whatever, you know. Like, oh, it's so great. Now, do you think Shelter, you guys will ever do like a uh, little punk show, like not punk, but like little concerts or anything? I'd like to perform. Pop- but it, yeah, the the initial idea was always to have something, uh, you know, to do with music on on maybe a quieter night of the week where you know it, because we wanted to be this community place, like whatever whatever the folks in the community are are looking for, like getting out of it, whatever they you know uh, would like to see. I mean, hey, yeah, cool. Let's get your friends' bands in here to do like an acoustic set on a on a Monday night, and then let's all play some like we'll set all the games to free play, you know, on a, on a Monday night or something, yeah. you know. You'd hand out a bunch of freaking tokens and just be like, yeah, get your friend's van to come play, and then let's all play a bunch of video games after. That would be sweet, you know? That's like my dream as a child and now as an adult. Me too. <laughs> Me too. You know? that, it's funny, as you get older, like you like the music where you uh, that involves sitting down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I don't want to be punched in the face or hear someone screaming like, hey, man, I, I like some stripped down uh, indie soul acoustic. That, that has its place too, though, you know? Sometimes I, I love just- it. A show at the Met and go crazy, and but like oh, yeah, uh, to, to be able to have a place that like smaller bands can like you know showcase themselves and be part of the gaming community too. You know, so a lot of us who are musicians are also gamers, so like it would be great to have to feature some bands and then also just be like, all right, cool, the show is over, now let's all go play some damn video games. Let's have a great time. Would you guys ever do comedy nights? Are you, are you a comedy fan too? I, I am, and actually a, a friend of mine does comedy and does trivia nights as well, you know, because, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously comedians make great trivia hosts, right? So, oh, uh, oh, yeah, and in this city, it's not a good comedy city. Yeah, no, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of venues for it. So no. it's, but the Columbus has been pulling in some really good acts. They have, yeah. I, I love the Columbus Theater. I really, really support them. Like, that's... Oh, yeah, that place is so fucking great. They're, the shows they're curating and who they're fo- who they're pulling in. I mean, it's it's really cool. Yeah, I just went to see uh, when Mike Birbiglia just was here for like two days. I got to I got that ticket. Oh man, and I was like, holy shit, dude! When you came, I wanted to see him one time. And it was at the Wilburn. It was like thirty or forty dollars a ticket, and for whatever reason, just it didn't end up going. Didn't think twice about it. I was like, uh... and I was like, I just saw Mike Birbiglia for twenty bucks, two minutes from my house, and one of the, and, and an off Broadway play before it's even per- being shown, like. Props to them. But I want to get back to one thing you said. It's true about Providence. Um, such a secret city. I remember when I first moved here, my my now wife would take me to restaurants, would have no signs on the door, or bars with no signs on the door. I'm like, what are you doing? You're taking me to a crack house. And then you open it up and just like Lily Marlene's on Federal Hill. Like, yeah, it's like a yeah. crack house. You, yeah. know, you walk in and you're like, beautiful. Uh, it's just gorgeous. 
everybody had talked about that place for a very long time. I had heard about it. I'd heard about it. I, I didn't go. And a, a friend of mine who, you know, knows the owner, uh, like finally convinced me to go. And she was like, you have to finally come to Lily Marlene's. And I went and I was like, Oh, this is where it is. I knew it was at this end of Atwell's, but I never even, I didn't even know. Like, I don't go this far down Atwell's. Holy crap, man. You know, I, I just couldn't believe. And that's, the thing, I was literally just with some clients, you know, real estate clients who are moving here from Boston, talking to them about this, about how you're going to have to ask people and you're going to have to take like some leaps and you have to go, go explore, go discover and go find what you like. That's what's cool about Providence and what you have to do. You'll find little communities, but it's not going to be obvious to you ever. And oh, uh, I had never been, but I've heard about a speakeasy in Olneyville. Th- there, there's, uh, Justine's. Is that the one you think? Yeah, yeah. It's that's the place too. Yeah, great. It's some of the best vendors in the city. Whenever I have friends up, we always go to the Avery, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Actually, now Ogie's is my new spot because it's and, uh, yeah, and Ogie's is great too. I mean, all these places have some of the best bartenders in the city, which to me, they're some of the best bartenders anywhere. Oh uh, my god! When they start to recognize you, and you're like, "I don't come here that much," but well, yet they, you know my name. <laughs> it's, it's they're because they're good at what they do, and they yeah, remember. It's about. I, I mean, I know several of them have been have done some traveling too to go be guest bartenders at some of the you know most popular cocktail places in the country and i mean that speaks a lot to providence and what we have going on here you know the food culture here is like ridiculous it's my mom and dad are like how does one little city sustain us like i don't i don't even know i don't know why but like there's oh my god i don't have to leave my neighborhood and there's um a french bistro and a diner and then a whole five or six other places within 30 feet of my apartment well, that's, that's the nice thing about living in the West End, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love my side of town so much. And me too. <laughs> I spend a lot of time hanging out there. I love white electric coffee that's like... Oh, that's, they got like, pinball. Exactly. That's yeah. Actually, the pinball machine that's in white electric right now is, is my pinball machine. Okay, because uh, I always get weird looks and I play it there. Like it's, cause it's, it's really loud and obnoxious. It's, it's I'm like, a arcade bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, I've gone in there, get a coffee, and then I gotta start playing pinball, and it's always like, oh, come on, man, like... Hey, Wipe out! <laughs> yeah. Jokes on you guys. I came here for this. Our uh, Pizza yeah. J. Anyone listening has a secret little arcade game and pinball back in the ba- past the bathroom. That fucking made me so excited. I mean, Julian loves pinball and it loves arcade. He's he's a he's a big gaming fanatic too. So I'm glad to know that there are other business owners in this city that love it as well. You know, that will kind of help build that culture up. Yeah, I, I miss those. Like I, there's something about it. Like I miss arcade games and pinball being everywhere. That was the best. Well, the best. It, it brings people together, man. Oh, yeah. My dream, which is a very weird dream, I've always wanted to own a Simpsons pinball machine, but they're fucking ridiculously expensive. Uh, I'm, I'm, tr- I have a lead on one. <laughs> I'm trying to get one. Uh, it's a, it's a friend's. Uh, stepdad that owns it, oh, and uh, and so my fingers are crossed. On it. It's like trying to. He's a very busy guy, so I'm like trying to be like, hey, can you can you get this? Up? I want that Simpsons pinball machine. <laughs> trying at, to get it. At my uh, bachelor party, I found I, can't, I was in New York City. I came across a Sopranos pinball machine, and uh, the guys went off to do something else. Me and my brother all sat there for a half hour playing Sopranos pinball. It's was, so great. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Uh, do you find were you able to find a lot of cool like? Like what? I mean, I I only I've only driven cross country once. What cool shit did you get to see with your travels? I mean, you must have seen buses. Probably a lot of weird people, but a lot of good stuff. <laughs> yeah, a lot of weird people, a lot of good stuff. Uh, we yeah we we 
we um we met a girl who uh uh her screen name was Cinderella on Instagram and uh and she I think she was very convinced that she actually was Cinderella. Um <laughs> the unique one. Oh C I N not S I N. C I yeah, no, oh, not yeah. <laughs> Um, although maybe she was that too, but she, uh, yeah. she was, she, she gave me probably about five different names for herself. Uh, bef- yeah, and that was an interesting one. Um, unique, unique people for sure. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I mean, we got, to, we just got to see a lot of great places, you know, and, uh, I'm always fascinated by, um, how much great stuff there is. It, it, obviously we, we tend to focus on big cities and stuff, you know, when you think on a national scale, and what's happening in different places, but there's so much culture, even in just some of the smaller towns, you know, in other places too. I mean, there, there's so much, there's so many interesting places to see in small towns in Colorado and Tennessee and Texas, uh, you know, New Mexico, in, in some of the weird towns between the big cities in California, uh, all the stuff happening out in these mountain communities in Oregon, you know, there, there's just so much, man. There's so much cool stuff in between all the big cities too. Yeah, that, that, that is very true. I started to say something and I forgot. No, whatever. It's gone forever. Uh, so do you guys have an open date for shelter? Every time I read something, you guys are um, coming up against a, a bunch of roadblocks, which I can only imagine Like opening a small business. It's, it's, yeah. There's a lot of red tape. <laughs> there's a lot from the, from the city, from other people. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, do you guys have a location, too, or is that still up there? Uh, still, still a little up in the air. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean – I'll just say that there are multiple options on the table. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing is that they, uh, I thought it was very simple, like, okay, we're going to have multiple options. There's going to be a contingency date, and when that date passes, then we'll definitely know whether we're going with one or the other. And the contingency date comes up, and it's like, oh, well, we haven't satisfied this part of the contingency yet, but we're going to, so can we extend, and can we do this, and, you know, and, I mean, it's just amazing, uh, you know, one of the potential locations, you know, has somebody who is, uh, you know, if they were going to become the landlord, they haven't even actually purchased the property yet, but they're planning to, and, there are restrictions on the deed for use. And I, and, you know, it's like, it's all these things that, that are so, so crazy and so challenging. And, and, uh, there are so many aspects to, to learn about it that a lot of it is just kind of like, I'm, I just got to go with this and just see what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. Like the best thing I can do is set it up so that I'm protecting myself. Yep. Oh, of course. But, but in the end, I'm just going to have to go along with it and just see what unfolds. And it's, and like knowing that if we have enough of these feelers out there, you know, that we're going to be in, in one of these places. And so I, I know for sure at this point that it's going to happen in one of these locations. Uh, and I have a couple of meetings this week to sort of try to lock down and solidify. Uh, but I just, I, I feel like I also said that, you know, two weeks ago. <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it, it, it is what it is. It's going to take a while. Um, so you guys ran a successful Kickstarter, which is basically a full-time job all in itself. Uh, was that just you, or did, was that like a team of you guys doing that? No, it was just me. Holy and, shit. I remember talking to Joe. I was like, because I first looked at it, I was like, all right. And then all of a sudden, he's like, dude, it got funded. I was like, oh, my God. I, I, I wasn't even going to do it. I wasn't even going to do a Kickstarter. Um, you know, I never did one for my band, ever. Uh, and many, many people have, and I, I just didn't, you know, I, I felt like I could put better effort towards just like earning the money to get behind something than to do a Kickstarter. But I had never really thought of it in that, you know, it was, I saw it as being 
what it still kind of feels like now, which is that, uh, just because like, I'm, you know, I'm not a, a jerk, but I feel a sense of responsibility to the people that got behind the Kickstarter campaign. And I feel like it's huge weight and a huge responsibility. Um, I can't wait for shelter to be open and to be able to actually fulfill, you know, all these rewards to everybody that kicked in because it will be a huge weight off of my shoulders. I feel it on my conscience that, you know, that these people supported it and, and I feel already, I feel like, Oh God, I can't believe it's, you know, everybody's told me, Oh, don't worry about it. I mean, we understand it takes time. We understand it takes time. Um, but I still feel guilty. Like, you know, we thought we were going to open in this one location, uh, you know, and, and that we would have to be open by the end of January for it to even work. Um, that was the whole reason we even set an opening date by the end of January was because like for this to work, for this changeover to work, it's going to have to happen fast. So we have to do it by the state. And then it turned out, well, we're not doing it there. Uh, and it turns out that actually we can't do it there. Um, and it, out of, because of things that were out of our control. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with um, neighborhood association and uh, a few other things, a few other people that came into play that we weren't expecting. Uh, so then we said, cool. You know what? We have, we, we have always had other backups. We'll explore those backups. Then it, trigger time came for those backups. And it was like, you know, suddenly they're like, oh, actually, we want $9,000 a month for rent here, even though we told you five. <laughs> like, you know, oh, crap, we can't do that anymore. You know, so, okay, let's look, let's look for other backups, look for other backups. But through this whole process, though, um, it's, it's only presented options that I wouldn't have imagined before that are going to be better for this place in the end and are going to be better for the people that are excited about it and are going to be better for the people that, that got behind the Kickstarter. So, uh, even though, uh, I feel a huge sense of responsibility for kind of like making that call about, you know, what's going to be better for every, I, I don't know what's better for everybody, you know? Um, so I, I have to personally make a decision in hopes that it's going to be better for everybody, but I, I do really believe in it too. So, uh, even though it's taken a while, uh, I do see how everything that I saw as being a roadblock or a failure has actually allowed me to step back and has has given the time for these new options to be presented that I, I think are going to, you know, make it so, so much better. Um, oh, yeah. so you're learning. Yeah. Yeah. You are. I mean, this is what business ownership is. and It's fucking hard. I mean, I, I tell you, there were a few times I just thought, you know, uh, you know, Kickstarter took like, um, you know, they take their percentage, like 2000 bucks or whatever. Yeah. There were a few times that I thought about just eating that $2,000 as a loss and just, handing all the money back to everybody and being like, it didn't work out. Sorry. You know, uh, I, I don't want this responsibility. I, I, I thought a few times like that might be easier and it certainly would be easier, but then, then the arcade bar wouldn't exist and shelter wouldn't exist. And I so badly want this to exist. And so I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to keep pressing forward and keep pressing forward. And as I've done that, stayed committed to it. It's like my passion for it has grown. My commitment to it has grown. And more people like Joe, you know, for instance, have like come into play like, Hey man, let me help you with this, you know, in any way that I can. And I, I have these talents and I want to, you know, commit those talents to helping you make this a success. But, you know, to get that from somebody who's not asking to be a business partner for somebody who just literally wants to see this place succeed, that's the person I want to make this work for, you know? Yeah. And that's what makes me like <laughs> keep at this. It's a great community of people around here. Like, just it is. People who just love art and video games and beer and pinball. It's seriously, man, it's really inspired me. And it's like one of the reasons now why I can't wait for it to be open, can't wait for it to happen, is to actually get to hang out with all these people on a regular basis. Right. That's yeah. awesome. Well, uh, let me just 
Oh, perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, where could like people find you online or anything else you want to plug besides your awesome bar? Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, the, primarily, I, I think I'd just like to plug, you know, the fact that hopefully we're, we'll be open, you know, shooting, shooting for April or beginning of May. Um, and, uh, you know, it's shelterarcadebar.com. And then, of course, the Facebook, uh, Shelter Arcade Bar. That's where I'll announce things as I know, as I know them for sure, because I learned my lesson this time. I won't say much until I know something. Yeah. <laughs> Till it's set in stone. Good lesson in PR. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, and that's where I'll be making announcements. Uh, and so that's that's the best place to like follow along and, and find out what's going on. But you know, when it, when it is open, that's also where I'll communicate everything that's going on. And, and like I said, I want it to be a community thing. And uh, my hope is like you know to to develop the website and get kind of a community board going there, a little like forum or something where people can talk about what they want to play and who they want to play with and what competitions they want to bring up and just really make it all very like community driven. So, um, you know, that's uh, once everything gets launched, it'll be really cool to have people get online on the website and, and get involved there. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, man. And I can't wait to go to your bar. I'll definitely st- st- say hello. For sure, man. I'm excited to meet you. Yeah. Right. Have a good rest of your day. <laughs>